It's the Fake Spike Podcast. It's uh, Mac and Vort, Rob and Vort. Um, you can call me either. I don't really care. We got a game to review, my friend. Um, you and I have not spoken one word about this today, so this should be good. I was uh, I was excited, actually. I was so excited looking forward to tonight. I had to jot down a couple of pieces of notes that I was like, we ha- I have to hear your feedback on these, and I have to share my thoughts on these. Before we jump into the Jets, um, I do want to send a quick warm shout out to Le'Veon Bell, who in one half of football with the Chiefs uh, did what it basically took him two games to do in Adam Gase's, uh, Gase's offense. Six carries, 39 yards, um, 6.4 yards a carry. Basically doubled his Jets numbers. You're stuck on Le'Veon Bell, aren't you? I'm just, uh, I wanted to see how he'll perform, and you know, in, in six carries, to doing six carries what he couldn't do in two games uh, okay or small sample size but just wanted to throw it out there not to sound bitter or anything well that's actually a great place to start let's start with Gase's offense now did you watch the game I saw that you were playing soccer so I don't know how much of it you saw I saw the first half and then I saw the highlights of the second half like uh, what highlights (laughs) so so I, I wanted to interrupt you and ask what offense are you talking about well, the first half, they, they actually look pretty good, right? So I'm at my son's soccer game, and I'm watching it on my phone again like I did last week. Because for whatever reason, they, they, they know when the Jets play, and that's exactly when they schedule my son's <laughs> soccer games. Because they play anytime from 10 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon. But you know, last week, the only 4 o'clock game all year. It's the only four o'clock game for my son. Beautiful. This week, this week, you know, they've been playing around eleven and and twelve, and today it was one. <laughs> so never fails. So, so I'm watching the game there, and I'm like, these first couple of drives, I'm like, holy shit, the Jets actually look like an NFL team. What the hell is going on here, right? And then I find out that Gase is not calling the plays. Now I have not yep. confirmed that, but I heard that from a couple of people, and. Is there any further or bigger indictment that Gase's play calling sucks a horse's freaking patoot than to see the Jets look like an NFL team when he stops calling the plays? I mean, it was night and day. It was, it was obvious. They actually looked smooth. They had a little bit of rhythm. It made too they much sense. Went for it on third and long and not and didn't just run the ball into the line and punt. I mean, it was it, they looked like an NFL offense. Not a good one, but an NFL offense. I was thinking after after the game was finished. The first thought that popped into my mind is if I text you that the Jets did not give up a single touchdown to Buffalo Bills, (laughs) we are celebrating that we pulled off an upset. Nope, not our Jets. Yeah, well, they gave up six field goals and Buffalo missed two others. So that's eight times into the red zone. And that doesn't count. I think there was a a fumble at one point that I believe was in the red zone. So, you know, the Jets, give the Jets defense credit. I'll give them the credit instead of just talking about how the Jets could have lost by a lot more. But, you know, the defense played well, but the Jets, you know, if Buffalo did not look so bad and they, and they did, you know, they did not look good at all this could have been just another 20 point or more loss for adam case i mean that they six field goals is is incredible one of my big points that i wrote down to talk to you about is to give kudos where they're doing that's greg williams the guy can get the the most out of whatever he has to work with say what you will about him and his past but as a defensive guy he's still legit again we've talked about as you mentioned that a couple of podcasts ago not like we're overflowing with talent defensively and expecting to pitch shutouts so for them to hold a pretty formidable offense from buffalo struggling but josh allen stefan uh, Diggs, the team has weapons uh, and for them to limit them to six field goals that's I, I was impressed i give them credit yeah i'm, I'm gonna give the jets credit i, I you know it, as a dark sider it is my tendency to look for the negative and and lambaste them because they they couldn't contain buffalo enough and you know and allen had a lot of 
of time. But you know, in, in reality, Allen did have a lot of time. He just did not play well either. But but yes, the defense did play well. And you know, if if a team gets into the red zone eight times and has to settle for a field goal every time, then the defense did something right. So I'm with you there. Now the second half of offense, dude. If I'm not mistaken, I know if it's not the final tally, then it was definitely late in the fourth quarter when it was. But the Jets had four yards of offense in the second half. How is that? How is that possible? That that's less than one normal average carry on a one run play. Four yards in the whole second half, which takes you right into my other point. Well, we definitely think alike still when it comes to the Jets. Uh, when I looked at Darnold's stats, he had like a hundred something yards for the game. And I just, the first thought that pops into my mind is who the hell in today's NFL finishes the game with under 200 yards? It, it just, it's unheard of losing teams winning. If you're a winning team, you're pretty, pretty much a, uh, one of those air raid type teams. You're averaging almost 400 yards passing. If you're a losing team that fell behind, you're throwing. Unless you're Adam Gase, you're going to play it safe, you're going to run. So for me to see Sam Darnold finish the game with under 200 yards, it's just disgusting. 125 yards passing he had and three interceptions. It it's, is, it's, it's disgusting. It's, now, I know you said you hate to see the Jets ruin a franchise quarterback. So, I, And I, I do want to touch on that in a second. That's the one text we exchanged today. Uh, I, I want to touch on that. But before we do, do you blame Donald for only having 125 yards? Do you blame the play calling? Do you blame the fact that he didn't have time? Um, what What are you attributing to the fact that a guy whose team was up 10 nothing at one point and fell behind early in the second half and played from behind the whole time had only 125 yards passing? I put absolutely zero blame on Donald in the sense of I think we're watching a dead man walking. I think he's done. Uh, I have to reverse course from just two weeks ago when I said, listen, I wouldn't be so fast to jump on uh, Lawrence Express train. Darnold is so young. I still believe he has talent if he can get him coaching. I believe that uh, Gaze did his job. He killed a potentially career quarterback for the Jets. I think the kid just looks, I think he's mentally shot. I think his confidence is as low as I can't even use the word confidence. Uh, I think there's just nothing there. I don't know if he sees the writing on the wall or he's hoping maybe the next coach will give him a chance, but I literally can't fault him for anything. Second youngest quarterback in the NFL, starting quarterback, yes, he has experience, but he's had no continuity. He's had no talent. As a realistic fan, yeah, it's easy to boo, get him out of here. I can't blame him for anything. The guy got Instead of support, he got dick. He got nothing ever since he became the face of the franchise. He got nothing. I agree with all that. Uh, you know, I wanted to argue with you. I got your text. I was like, I'm going to argue with this guy because I saw it in Donald today. Like, I, I was, I'm done with him today. Um, not, and, and I don't blame him for it, but I am done with him today because, you know, two, three weeks ago, the last time he played, I remember saying that, you know, today might've been the day that I finally realized he's not going to be the guy. And today cemented it. He's not, he is not the guy. And I wanted to argue with you because I thought you were saying he is the guy and whatever else, but you pretty much, once again, you, you, you thought exactly the same way I did. I am now excited about Trevor Lawrence because I keep reading about him and seeing stats and everything everyone says about him. So I'm now I'm just waiting for the Jets to win four games so they don't get him, but um, I'm now excited about Lawrence. You know, I, I'm the, the the opportunity to have a quarterback who puts you over the top is just it's beyond my comprehension because it's always somebody else's. And I don't want to get too far off track. I want to kind of stay on what we're doing and then I'll get to these points because a couple of these are points I was bringing up for today's game. I don't blame Donald entirely, but I think whether it's his fault or it's not his fault, he has to take a hit because he's making the exact same mistakes he's always made. He's making the same mistakes he made in college. He's making the same mistakes he made when he came up here. And 
regardless of whether he's being developed, some of these mistakes are things that experience should teach you. He is still holding the ball too long. He, he knows guys are going to get to him. He's got he's to do something and throw it and, th- and get the ball out. Because there, there were times he had two or three seconds, which, of course, is not super long, but he just stood there and waited for someone to get to him. He, you know, at one point, he tried to move, but it's, I, I, you, you got to do something to, to get yourself to a point where you're not holding the ball too long, number one. Number two, he's still staring down the receiver he's throwing the ball to. You cannot do that because then they zone in on it, and that's why, that's one of the reasons he looked so bad in the second half. They knew where he was going. The other point I wanted to make is not Donald-related, but Buffalo made adjustments that the Jets obviously never made, right? And that affected Donald's second half. But what happened was the Jets actually came out and did things they hadn't done all year. They actually, you know, play action and and hitting the holes hard and and they they look like they had some pep in their step and and buffalo probably was caught off guard i mean they expected you know your local peewee football team and they actually got an nfl caliber drive or two and then buffalo you know went to went and looked at their film and adjusted and then the jets went right back to what they were and and that includes donald i mean donald looked pretty good early i i just you know and we'll we'll get i'll get on the Donald thing in a second, but uh, I will I will give him some of the blame for today. I mean, he didn't have a lot of time, but I mean that that interception in, in the red zone was terrible. That was a terrible interception. I have to correct myself because as a dark sider that you made me out to be, which I am, <laughs> I went on a really macro type of a rant. When you're speaking micro and looking at the game, a hundred percent, he looked like dog shit in the second half. My brother, who is actually a Giants fan, texted me that he said, uh, "I'm not shitting on Donald, but the guy seems." to be making the exact same mistakes he was making as a rookie he's staring down receivers and throwing it into coverage yep funny enough exactly what you just said so yes the guy played like doo-doo i just uh in the grand scheme of things when i think about somebody like uh, my last point uh on adam gase and i'm done with him for today i, I look at the ryan Tannehill. the guy i don't want to say he looked washed up he was a he never became anything. He never amounted to anything. He was a bust. One year away from Gase, the confidence is back. He seems to be actually developing, making plays. He looks like a legit NFL quarterback. Remains to be seen. But And then I look at the when Gase got his hands on uh, on Darnold. It's it's the same thing. And just the, and the guy still has a reputation as an offensive mind, as a quarterback guy. And his, his kids don't count. Nobody thinks that anymore. Can you imagine if Douglas's plan is to give Lawrence to Gase and say, here, you finally got your real franchise quarterback. All right. Uh, uh, okay. Was, I'm like, no <laughs> possibility that happens. I, I cannot, I can't, I can't even fathom it, but you know, let's, let's talk about a little bit about Lawrence and Darnold in the, in the same thing. I think we did a little bit of this in our last show, but I think everything we thought is now completely solidified. I don't think there's any chance Sam Darnold is back here next year. None. I think he's done. I think he, today, you know, the last couple of games, the one before he got hurt and today have solidified the fact that that he is absolutely out of here and the Jets now are going to need to basically get Lawrence because if they don't, they're going to end up having to pay Donald because they're not going to go find another quarterback. I mean, I guess they could always draft one of these other quarterbacks if they fall to three or four. No, this 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 is the year when you can get one. Yeah, they're talking about him like they were talking about Peyton Manning, that once-in-a-generation type talent. So if you got a chance to get him, and uh, the only option is, like you said, uh, you franchise Darnold, and it makes absolutely no sense on any front to do that. Just move yeah. on. No, unless you get a good enough coach and yeah, you could turn him around. But you know, th- then the business side of things enters it, and, and Darnold's rookie deal is up. So if you if you let him play another year and then you franchise him twice, franchising all that means is you're paying him a ton of money and you're just not tying him up long term. But they would still be, you know, paying him 
20 something million dollars. So I don't think they're going to do that. I think the Jets are, I think at this point now, this is all about finishing the year out, getting that number one pick and bringing Lawrence in here. And, and I have to say for the first time, I am totally okay with it. Prior to this, I, you know, we, we talked the other night about, it. we were sad and, you know, Donald looked like he had all kinds of talent. I'm not sad about it anymore. I, I, I've overcome it because I, to me, Donald is not the guy. He's, I don't, you know, I'm, I don't know if he'll ever be that guy somewhere else. It's probably too late for that now, three years in. His feet are still too happy, and he's got the issues we just spoke about. But I am sick and tired of of hoping for a good quarterback. I, I am now past that. And, you know, Lawrence has opened my eyes to the fact that I want my Rodgers. I want my – I'm not even going to go Brady. Forget it. That's that's out, of, that's out of the realm. I want my Rodgers. I want my Russell Wilson. I want my – who else? I mean, I guess Peyton Manning. He only won two Super Bowls. I want my guy that is going to have my team – vying for a division title every year, you know, championship game most years, a Super Bowl here and there, yeah. win one here and there, whatever. That's what I want. I no longer just want the Chad Penningtons and the and the um the Philip Rivers and the Ken O'Briens of the world who will have the Jets contenders some years. They'll have a shitty year here and there. I want that guy. And Sam Donald is not that guy. He's not going to be that guy anymore. He might have had the talent for it, but he needed development. And these idiots threw him right in there without any kind of development at all. And they've done nothing for him whatsoever. Nothing. And frankly, I think um, the name eludes me, which is embarrassing. Who was his backup the first year? The guy who was in the NFL for like 44 years? Um, Josh McCown. Josh McCown. He was a steadying hand. He really kind of guided Donald that the Donald looked promising. And when he left and they couldn't retain him on a coaching basis or as a backup, it was just a shit show. But yes, uh, everything you said, I agree with. Uh, it pains me to say that, but I have to. It pains you to agree with me or it pains me that the it facts? It pains me to agree with you. It pains <laughs> me to agree with you. I, I'd love to just argue something out with you. but yeah, Eventually, we're going to argue. I don't know when, but we're going to argue. But it just, it no longer makes sense. Like, I feel sorry for Darnold, for him, on uh, just how the situation played out because I still can say that I don't know what he could have been. I, I I know what he is now. I feel comfortable saying that. I know what he is. He is not the answer to our prayers, at least not in the Jets uniform. But I still think there could have been a lot more and a lot more positives from him. But just the it's the Jets. It's the Jets. It's where the it's where the quarterbacks come to die. Yeah, and and I, I've begun to realize that that most teams end up doing that to quarterbacks. Look how many quarterbacks came out of college and were supposed to be great, and you know, three years later, they're you know, I mean, Jameis Winston and Mar- Marcus Mariota from a few years ago. I mean, this look at guy, Carson yeah. Wentz. Carson Wentz, look what he's turned into. Yeah, um, so so these guys, but at least Carson Wentz w- was great for a while. You know, most of these guys never get to that point where they're considered elite. Because Carson Wentz, it was just a question of whether he'd stay healthy for a couple of years, and then now he's kind of dropped off. I, I I don't know what the answer is. I just but but I do agree with you. I think most quarterbacks come to, the, to his league to die. The Jets, just in particular, have killed every single one. That's why it seems like that that's the place where they come to die. But that seems to be an, an NFL problem. And unless you find that guy who's good enough and you have a coach that that is good enough to to bring him along correctly then you know this is this is this is the problem with you know 75 percent of the league you know you got yeah. you got those five or six guys who are great and the rest of them uh, are struggling every single year that's why we don't have um, that's why every every year 
quarterbacks go, quarterbacks keep coming out and quarterbacks keep getting drafted. And they're much more impatient than they used to be because it used to be that quarterback would come out and no question would sit for at least a year, sometimes two. I mean, even Aaron Rodgers sat for two years. I mean, well, he was drafted in 05. He didn't, yeah, so he sat really? for five, six, and seven. You know, so Aaron Rodgers sat for three years. Drew Brees, look how long it took him to, to, come, to yep. get it together. Tom Brady sat for the year. Uh, you know, they, they, so... Now these guys come in, and, and granted, the league is completely different, so it's not the old days. I mean, the old days, any of these kids would have never made it, but now they're expected to come in, do what they have to do, and, and it's it's almost like a run like with running backs, how they just recycle them and bring them in. They're starting to do that with quarterbacks yep. now. If you don't make it in the first or second year, you're out the door, and they bring in the next guy. Yeah, two years is kind of the – that's the benchmark. If you haven't turned the corner and really showed something in two years, they are not. It's just – that's the position that wins championships right now. It's funny enough, the, the one thing I wanted to say, Lawrence is literally the only pocket passer that I'm willing to give another chance in a Jets uniform. I was all – I bought uh, – I fully bought into the new – uh, the Lamar Jacksons, the Murrays, the dual threat guys, especially for the Jets, the team that the, I see their offensive line that looks like Swiss cheese. I'm like, we need a dual threat quarterback. We need a guy who can, once he gets a step and he gets past the uh, the defensive line, he can get 12, 15, 17 yards. Um, but the Lawrence, just he seems to have that it factor. The old-time quarterback who will drop back, make the read, make the play. I'm in. Uh, I'm excited about him. He's also really mobile and he's super fast. I mean, they, they keep talking about him having, you know who they're comparing him to, which I, I like the comparison. And I've heard this comparison multiple times Deshaun Watson. See, I've seen Watson, you know, Watson, I don't watch a lot of college, but I watched him in that championship game and I just saw leadership in him, you know, like in the huddle, the way he carried himself in the huddle. And I just knew it's the only guy ever because I've never seen it in anybody else. The only guy ever. I said, that guy is going to be a good NFL quarterback now. Well, you know, they both went to the same college playing for the same college coach. Yeah. That yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. I mean, he, he preceded um, Lawrence. No, I know. You know, but that's the one guy that I looked at and saw immediately just from one game that he had what it takes. And of course, he needs to be developed. He needs to come to a good program. But if Lawrence has those qualities and that's who they're comparing him to, I'm, I'm thrilled with that comparison. I would love to have Deshaun Watson as my quarterback. He's probably he probably won't run as much as Deshaun Watson, but he's supposedly faster. Wow. That's hard to believe. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that the guy came into a championship program and started as a true freshman, I believe that tells you something that you got to you got to have balls on you to come in and win that locker room over. All right. A couple of final thoughts before we go. Um, the Jets quest for the number one pick took a, a good turn today because they, they kept losing, of course, which we knew it happened. But the, um, the the Redskins won or Washington football team won. They beat <laughs> Dallas. So they both have two wins now. Right. Um Detroit won. I mean, one of them had to win. They beat Atlanta, but I feel Atlanta will win games, so I'm not worried about them. I agree with you on Atlanta, but there comes a point when you're like, uh, yeah, I know they've had, they have talent, and I know they seem like they should be winning these games, but at a certain point, it's like, holy shit, they might also be tanking uh jaguars that's going to be our stiff competition that's this year. stiff competition and i was hoping they had a lead on san diego today i keep calling them san diego on the chargers today so i was hoping they would win because that what would happen then is the chargers play the jets in a few weeks and if the chargers beat the jets which they probably will then then we've got a two-game lead on everybody in the in the entire yeah, league you i know? love how you think i love how you yeah. think so that's what I was hoping. The Jaguars are going to be a problem because their schedule is pretty tough too. But hey, listen, we, we've got the game lead on them. All we have to do is, is keep doing <laughs> what we do and we'll be okay. 
Is it safe to assume that both you and me, for the rest of the season, it's not about the progress? Fuck the progress. It's it's about getting Trevor Lawrence at this point. I, I don't care about wins. I don't care about a player emerging and showing himself. That'll be great. I care about getting Trevor Lawrence. I, I care about getting Trevor Lawrence too, but I still want to see progress from, and I only want to see it from Donald to a degree because it'll get us a better pick in the trade and the young kids who will be here next year. Mecky Becton, uh, you know, Mims. Um, maybe P Ryan, uh, some of the guys on defense, some of the, you know, Quentin Williams. So guys like that, I would love to see develop. I would love to see, you know, today was the perfect game. I would love to see this game nine more times. Show me this game nine more times where the Jets actually make some progress. Even if they fall off in the second half, show they've got some life, give these kids a taste of what, you know, an NFL team is like, and then lose. I'm perfect. Perfect. That's all I ask. But I am with you. If if you give if you give me the option between winning a couple of games because there's progress or losing every single one and getting Lawrence, I'm taking Lawrence because at this point, you know, we've had enough of those moral victories and stupid wins late in the year. I want and and if if I'm going to get my quarterback that I was speaking about earlier, we have to do something drastic to get it. So I am with you right there, 100. percent I want to make something very very clear. I want to see no progress. From anybody, not from the kicker, not from the special teams, not from the. I want to see zero progress. progress from a kicker, man. I want to see zero progress on this team because somehow they, that's going to be the conviction that the owner needs to give Gase one more season. If he goes zero and sixteen, there is zero reason to give him to give him another season. And now, if the Jets somehow do what they did last year and and end up, you know, four and twelve, five and eleven, then they probably keep Gase. If the Jets go winless, there's there's zero reason or zero ability for, for them to be able to convince fans that Gase is staying here. None. It's, it's not going to happen. So let's just root for our young guys who will be here next year to, oh. to progress so they so they don't fall behind. Because the only way this is all working is if Douglas drafts well and develops players. If that doesn't happen, then three years from now in, in podcast number you know <laughs> 922, we're going to be having this conversation about Arch Manning or whoever the hell else is coming out. Absolutely. So Absolutely. we, we got to root for some progress and hope that these draft picks he made actually progress because if they don't, we're done. But yes, we are on the we are on the same page. I will I will now root for losses, which I have been anyway. I'm I'm not you know when the Jets make a play, I'm happy. But and like in, in, my my reflex will be to scream at the TV and yell at them. But I'm not truly unhappy, you know, because you know. But let, let's face it, for when was the last time we had a game that actually meant anything with this team? I mean, opening when Rex, day doesn't when Rex count. Was the coach when Rex Ryan yeah. was the coach? Oh, oh no, no, you know when it was? It was that no, freaking that's Fitzpatrick right. game, Hot yeah, where, where we were at that bar watching the last yes. game and they reverted back to the same old Jets. We game. went there to celebrate clinching a playoff spot. We left drunk, pissed off, and no playoffs <laughs> on the horizon. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, all right, so that's five years. It is. It's literally. And it's not an exaggeration to say it has been five years since we had a meaningful game. Now, I'm not even talking about a playoff game, just a game where you hope they win because it could mean something for a playoff spot later in the season. It has been five years. I have been so conditioned that by halfway through the season, I'm rooting for a draft pick that that I, I've killed all the negative emotion. I only have the positive, And I'm now like, like this confused guy who's rooting for them to lose, but happy when they make a good play. I have no idea what the, it's hard for me to believe I can root for a team to win anymore that's what it's gotten to i i just i don't see a light at the end of the tunnel it's been when i look at a team like the arizonas the the browns the the browns my god exciting they're exciting man yeah you see the struggling teams and even cincinnati looks like they got something going with the new coach new quarterback we just 
we're constantly stuck in the mud. We're rebuilding for 12 years and going. Uh, the one thing that I wanted to mention, and let me know if you agree with me, I'm also assuming that if we clinch the number one draft pick and it's a talent like Trevor Lawrence, that's going to be a great chip to use to recruit a potential coach that's highly touted coach that maybe is deciding between a couple of teams. Hopefully, that's a great, great chip. Like, hey, uh, we're going to pair you up with Trevor Lawrence. Go develop that kid and build build us something here. Agree 100%. And, and that's something I've thought of in the last few days is that might be why they're hanging on to Gase. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm reaching for straws for anything. What reason why they're hanging on is they're hanging on to him. They don't want to look as, instable, as unstable as they really are. They get him out at the end of the year. And then what they do is, is they get their draft pick. You have Douglas, who's, who's supposedly this, this draft guy who's pulling all these guys out and you now have this the generational quarterback coming out and he's yours so now it, it goes from being a complete shit show where things fall apart and it's a place where coaches go to die to being an attractive job because you now have a gm who tore everything down the right way it's on the way up and now he's got a quarterback who who just might keep you competitive for 12 to 15 years so yes i agree with that 100 percent. beautiful I think that's go. all I had for tonight. All right, no final thoughts? No, we lost another game. Final thoughts, let's keep it up. Let's get Trevor Lawrence. Nine more, man, nine more. All right, buddy, you have a good night. We'll uh, catch up sometime this week. Take care.